I think it's appropriate at this time before you even have a seat to give God praise for just the freedom and the privilege to be in his house this morning. To some of you as you come in here, this may look like a gymnasium to you. But this is actually God's house, and I thank you for joining us this morning, for worshiping with us. And I'm thankful that God is allowing us to talk about some things in here this morning that most of us in here are dealing with. Um, The one thing that you're going to hear us say over and over if you call this place home or if you come and be our guest once in a while is, is we're just real people. We're all going through this thing called life. So we all in this room know how you feel this morning. Some of you fought on the way to church. If you have children, you have probably screamed or yelled this morning. And so we've just hopefully set the stage for you just to breathe and relax. Like Some of you just need to be like me. Like My wife and I, we haven't fought on the way to church in like, like probably six years. I mean, like that's how long it's been since we've said the first crossword to each other, getting our kids ready or driving on our way to church. Now, well, listen, we do get ready separate at separate times, and she drives separate, but that's the way that we figured out that we won't fight on Sunday morning, so it's worth a try. Hey, um, here, let's just a little interaction this morning. Let's, you guys have already been standing up and sitting down, but I'm going to make that happen real quickly for you because we're going to get interactive. Is that okay? Cool. Here's the deal. You see this picture on the screen. Now, for those of you who see the glass half full, I want you to stand to your feet. It's cool. You guys look around. Take a look. Good. Now, now, those of you who are still seated, that means you must see the the glass is half empty, and that's okay. You just turn to your neighbor and just start complaining about it, okay? Just do something. You guys can have a seat. Take a look at this next picture. You see, this thing we call life is all about perspective. It's all about the way we we look at things, our outlook on life. And there's some of us in this room that we're in situations, we've put ourselves in predicaments, or we feel like maybe other people have put us in this place. Maybe God is taking us through a stage of our journey, and, and we are hopeless. Like We've lost all chance of hope. And some of us are just like this horse. And we live our life on a constant and a daily basis of the grass is always greener on the other side. We're looking at our neighbors. We're looking at even the people sitting beside of us. And we say to ourselves, they are terrible people. How come the good things constantly happen to them? If I had their life, I'd probably be doing a better job at it than they are. And so we're always comparing ourselves to the people around us that we work with, our friends, and we have the mindset, and it is a hopeless mindset that the grass is always greener on the other side. Just take a very quick and close look at our horse here. Do you see the grass that he's trying to get at through that barbed wire fence? The grass right behind him is just as good as the grass he's trying to get. And so I want to say this morning, I believe that every single one of us in our life, where God has us, there is the potential for more hope than you've ever probably realized. Where God has you in this current state, there is hope. And here in this church that we like to just say, because we understand who we are in Christ Jesus, there's always hope and there are no hopeless situations. And so really what you brought into this place today, it may seem like there is no hope. 
You may be looking at life because you think that your glass is half empty or if you could just have someone else's life, then I could have the hope that everyone else does. And I want to say to you this morning, first and foremost, I think that we've got to start cherishing and loving the situations and the circumstances that surround us. Some of you are going to say, because they, you say this to Pastor Bryn and I when, when you get with us and you say, you just know exactly what I'm going through in life. I just want to give you a little insight to how we determine what we're going to be speaking on. Is we First, we do listen to God and we talk to each other and we keep a pulse on what's taking place in our community. I just want to give you a little insight to my studies is what I'm getting ready to just pour out here this morning is the only thing that I know because I'm living through it. But I'm going to share with you this morning just three quick things, three really quick things that that I am really trying to work on myself. And for those of you who already formed the opinion, well, Scott, you should have everything together. You're, You're like a preacher. Well, let me go ahead and just burst your bubble, and I hope it doesn't change anything the way you think of me or anyone else, but we don't have it all together. Like, I'm on a journey in my relationship with Jesus, and I understand that I sometimes can see the glass half empty and sometimes wanting to stick my neck outside the fence. And so what I'm getting ready to share with you this morning is just coming from what God is doing in my life at this very moment. So this is fresh. And the first thing I just want you real quickly to maybe if you take notes or just to maybe process in your mind is, is this. We've got to start enjoying life. We have to. I'm going to be reading out of Psalm 23. David's Psalm, and it's the one where he says that the Lord is my shepherd. Most of you have probably heard it. Even if you've not been in church ever, you've probably heard it somewhere. Psalm 23, David writes this down, and what I want to challenge you with this morning, in just a very few moments, I want your perspective to change even on this psalm. Because we're going to use terms and sentences like the valley of the shadow of death, and we look at that with a glass half-empty mindset too often, especially here in church. But I want us to look at it this morning with the glass half-full Because I believe that David was being very honest when he wrote this. But there is so much hope that is pouring out of Psalm 23. And I want us to maybe, with the Holy Spirit's guidance here this morning, to look at it maybe in a different way than we ever have before. But the first thing that I want you to hear me, what God's taking me through in my journey, is we've got to start enjoying life. He says this, Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. I love the fact that God does that sometimes. Do you understand what it takes to get a good, nice, green pasture? Do you understand what it takes? Do you understand that if, if this is a pasture that's full of sheep, Do you understand that those sheep eat some of the grass and the life that God created in these sheep, somehow it goes from their mouth through all of this stuff and then out? Some of you will get that after you leave here. That's okay. But listen, it takes the out to make a green pasture. My wife has been on me, Scott, let's do something with our backyard. 
Like, it is a mess. So I'm like, we've got 18 kids riding dirt bikes through there. Why do you think it's a mess? But let's make it green. And I'm like, Daisha, it helped. It costs a lot of money to get your yard fixed and manicured, and it takes a lot of time. And she's saying right now in her mind, because we are, I, well, I do all that. She's the one who mows the yard. I, it won't cost you anything, but it costs money, and it takes a preparation. You've got to buy fertilizer. And so what I'm saying is that this green pasture that David is writing about, there had to probably be some spots where the sheep went out, Okay? And it probably looks like maybe some of the places in your life, you're like, well, Scott, I wish I had a green pasture. All I see is outdroppings. You've got to find a place that is nice and green and that is safe for you to lie down and enjoy it. My wife and I, we were having an argument just the other day, and for those, again, who think that we've got it all together, She may look like she has it all together, but I can promise you I don't. We were having an argument, and it was in a parking lot at a baseball field. And and I had probably said something negative and was too hard probably on my son who was playing baseball that afternoon. And she was letting me know her opinion pretty forcefully. And, And I don't like it when someone does that. I'm more passive. And I want somebody to coddle me and stroke my hand and tickle it while they're telling me what I did wrong. But she doesn't take the time to do that. And so she was just letting me have it. And I told her I didn't like it this way. And so we were going at it in the car. Listen, not in front of our, our two-year-old was in the car, but he, he doesn't understand that yet. So our children weren't in the car, and, and we were in a parking lot where there were people walking all around. And, and so I saw some people coming up, and I had to roll my window down because, I mean, I have to speak. And so we smiled. We were arguing, like, good argument. Like, it was a good one. And, and, and I saw this person coming up, and I had to roll the window. Hey, man, how are you? Just like that. <laughs> and as soon as the person left, I rolled it back up, and I said, Now, listen, I need you to do something. Just like that. And we went right back at it. And then another person, I'm not kidding, and you may be that person in this room, and you came up, and I rolled the window. Yes, that was a great game, wasn't it? Good, good season. Yes, I love Arcadia. Um, roll it back up and we went at it. But here's the thing, what we do pretty well is, is we've learned to lie down in green pastures because it's not always going to be perfect. Fantasy land is not an option. It's not. Husbands and wives learn how to wrestle and fight and then make up because it's awesome. Yes, I knew that would get an name. So your life may not have just perfection written all over it. I wish I could stand here this morning in church and say, surrender your life to Jesus. We're going to celebrate that like crazy here at Hope City. But life may. No, in fact, life will get more difficult. Because God is going to ask you to deny yourself so that you can be obedient to what Christ is asking you to do. And so David is just saying here, he says, hey, God, thank you for making me lie down in green pastures. I know that they're not spotless, and I know that they may not be perfect, but God, thank you for allowing me to enjoy this green pasture. God, thank you for allowing me to have the life that you gave me. Listen, I guarantee you, there is something in your life worth enjoying, and you may just be sitting right beside them. You may have checked them off, Drop them off into kids' ministry this morning. 
For those of you who hate your job, be thankful that you have something to go to. My challenge this morning is just find the little area of beautiful green pasture in your life and enjoy it. It's that simple. Second thing that I'm learning to go through here, and this is a very important one, I'm going to get real serious with this one, is listen, we've got to start learning to speak life. Too many times we love to complain. I told you this was fresh. We, we like to, to verbalize our misery. And what I'm learning is that my words carry weight, not because I'm a pastor of a church, but because I'm a leader of my home. And my words carry weight, and I can tear the room up with my words and not even do it intentionally. You see, the enemy does not have the power to know your thoughts. He is not omnipotent like our God. He is not omniscient like our God. He does not know everything that is going on in your life. We give the enemy power when we speak about our fears, our negativity, our complaints. Give him a foothold in the door. Go way back to the very beginning in Genesis 3. Listen to how sly the enemy is. Again, I don't think that he knew what God had said to Adam and Eve at this point. But he's so sly, he opened the door for himself, and Eve and Adam just opened it even more. Listen to what he says in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, the devil, the enemy, Genesis 3.1, was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, get this, he said to the woman, he's going fishing right here. He said, did, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? He asked the question because he did not know the answer, but Eve spoke it and gave it to him. And you can read on in verse 2. It says, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but look at verse 3. But God did say, and Eve goes on to say exactly what God had told them. And so the serpent does what he does best and he starts to twist and he starts to move and he starts to enter in the door that we sometimes open for him. Some of us do this best in our own mind. We speak such negative things to ourselves. Oh, you lost another account. Oh, you lost another friend. Oh, you did, and you fill in the blank. Can I just tell you this morning, you want a good test to whether to know whether or not this is coming from our God or not, is that the enemy will only speak lies. He, he will only speak destruction. He will only speak shame. Because the enemy can only produce darkness. And you see, our God 
will always speak life. And so God help us watch the things that come out of our mouth. And see, this is for a whole nother time this morning. Maybe some of your small groups will run with this very statement. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so maybe some of our first steps is just to watch what is going on in our hearts. Because from the overflow of this is what comes here. And because I know that there are no situations that you brought into this place that are without hope. Maybe today when you leave this place will be the time when you start speaking hope and life into your situation. The third one, where I'm going to hang just for a few minutes longer this morning. I said that you, you got to understand that you got to enjoy your life. You, you, you have to speak life. And then this is the last one is you got to prepare yourself. Let's go back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, David is just speaking what's on his mind. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Look at verse um, 20. Look at verse 2. He says, he made me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Look at verse 4. This is what it's probably the most well known for. Verse 4, it says this, even though... Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I'm going through this situation, even though life seems dismal, even though, and you fill in the blank. Hey, listen, we've got to prepare ourselves. We've got to understand that there are some bad things that come our way. And it's not because God's mad at us and he's punishing us. It's just simply because people do sinful things that bring about earthly consequences. And sometimes we are so caught off guard that we lose perspective that God is really God and that he is still in control of all of this. You see, Jesus told his disciples... It's in one of the Gospels, and you guys probably have it memorized, but he says, listen, guys, hey, I, I almost hate to tell you this, but I don't. He says this, in this life, you, you're going to have trouble. You're just going to have some bad days, but fear not, for I've overcome the world. You, you know what Jesus was actually saying there? He was saying you're going to have some bad times. And so what I say to you today is prepare yourself for those Prepare yourself for the bad times, for the valley of the shadow of death. Prepare yourselves because when even those times come, just like David, I'm not going to be shaken. I've learned to prepare myself really well. Like, like I know I've told you over and over that our environment at work is, is probably a work hazard. 
Like OSHA probably needs to be called because we have people in our office that actually for some reason we keep paying them because they scare us all the time. There was a rubber snake just this week in our office. I've told you I will do your funeral and I'm not afraid of it. I will kill someone if that comes in my office. They're pranksters, they're jokesters, and they think that they're funny. And here's the deal. I've prepared myself that every time I walk out of the bathroom, no chance you're getting me. When I walk into my office, I'm always looking in every corner. You're not getting me. We have this back entrance, and it has a curtain. And I don't know why the curtain's there, actually, but we need to probably remove that. Then I would not be surprised. I open the curtain, and I go in slowly because these guys are crazy. Just take a look at a couple of these videos that they've caught. I'm here today. I won't tell you there's a big old spider next to you. Dang. Where? Dang. That right there scared me. Oh, that scared me right there when I saw that thing hanging right there. They think they're funny. Yes. Mm. You see, this is how they do it. This is how someone at Hope City will die. Oh, yeah. And, and then they have to do that. And you clean your pants. They always hug you like, yeah, we're brothers in Christ. Yeah. But, but I've learned to prepare myself. And here's the thing, real quickly, real quickly, is, is we've got to prepare ourselves in more than just just saying that we're going to prepare ourselves. Like, we can leave this place this morning. I need you to understand that the valley of the shadow of death is coming. What David was saying there is it's extreme darkness. That's what the valley of shadow of death was. It's extreme darkness. And and I hate to bring the mood down in here, but I think if we're better prepared for it, we know we can enter into any valley knowing that there's hope. Because Jesus Christ holds all of this together. And it's in those dark valleys that we understand that God is actually good and that He is in control. So just real quick, three things. Prepare yourself this way. you got to prepare yourself emotionally. Like up here in our minds. I don't know about yours, but mine sometimes can get in my way. And I'll start to say things and talk to myself in ways that I shouldn't. So we need to prepare ourselves emotionally. We've got to be careful of the people that we surround ourselves with. We've got to prepare ourselves emotionally by the things that we watch and the things that we listen to. We've got to allow our minds through God's strength to be strengthened. And if our minds are strong, then we can go into any valley knowing that God is never going to defy his nature and he's good and there's for some reason I'm going through this valley and I may not see it in a week and I may not see it in a year, but I'm eventually going to see why God has taken me through it. We've got to prepare ourselves physically. Like physically, man, because this is a battle that we're in. And again, this is a whole nother message in itself, but we need to prepare ourselves physically. 
Because I don't know about you, but when I'm down through some of these moments and they seem hopeless, man, it takes a toll on my body. You know what I'm talking about because some of you are there right now and you are just down and out, exhausted. This isn't a walk in a park. Like we're in this battle that's raging that we don't actually see right now. But I believe this is something that the church has never talked about is that we have to be physically prepared for what life is going to bring our way. I'm going to try to lead you by example on this one. We do have to take care of ourselves. We have to watch what we eat. We've got to get active. And we've got to teach the generations that are coming up around us that it's okay to talk about this kind of stuff in church. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. Is, this isn't just a church. This is God's movement. And God's movement is made up of a bunch of people who know that this is an army. This community is not going to be one to Jesus Christ just because we sit passively by and watch whatever happened, happen. We've got to prepare ourselves physically and emotionally, but this is the most important. And this is where we want to help every single one of us sitting here today is we've got to prepare ourselves spiritually. That's why we have a table back there with what's next, because this isn't it. This is not even the iceberg, much less the tip of it, church. There are next steps to what we're doing here this morning. Some of you know God is speaking to you like you are someone who's hopeless. What do I do next? You just don't come back to the 915 service next week. Now, we have steps that you can take. We have groups that are all throughout the week. We go serve because it's amazing how God can allow our focus to get off of ourselves and onto someone else when we go serve other people. Some of you, I say, I heard you say this, why the church is too big and I don't know anyone. You want to know how you can know somebody in this church? Is you go serve and you get dirty and you sweat with them. Some of you are like, well, I'm sweating now. I am too. But you leave this place and you go sweat with someone. And then it's amazing when they're handing you a bottle of water, they just say, man, my name's Scott. What's yours? I'm John. You see, God does this and he allows us to get the focus off of ourselves. And he opens up the door to see a whole great big community out there. And there's a lot of people out there that are hopeless way more hopeless than you. And you see, God's done something in your life to the point spiritually where you are at a place you've never been before. And it's not because you sat through a good Sunday morning worship service. You see, the Holy Spirit starts to do something on Tuesday with you and He speaks to you and you listen and then you act. Where'd that come from? You see, God does it in such a loving way and He moves us along this journey in such a wonderful way where sometimes we don't even realize it. And then we face some of these hopeless situations and you say, you know what? God's been faithful before. I know He's going to be faithful today. 
And some of you are going to get in some of these valleys of extreme darkness. And the world's going to be looking at you like, how in the world is she not? How in the world is he not just, how is he not just? You see, you're going to get an opportunity like Job did. I think one of the most amazing passages of Scripture, maybe in the New Te- Old Testament and even the New, because in Job, I think it's 13 verse 15 or it's 15 verse 13, one of those. And we may have it on the screen here, I can't remember, but he says this, even though he slay me, Yet I will hope in him. And I'm in this valley of darkness. And God has proven himself faithful. And it's scary and it hurts and I cry and I scream and I do all kinds of other things. But no matter what, I'm going to hope in him. And I'm not going to see the glass half empty. And I'm not going to compare myself to anyone else. I'm just going to enjoy the life that God gave me right here. I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to watch what I speak. I'm going to watch what goes into my heart. Because I'm prepared like I've never been before. God does not have us in this community to just sit here. You see, there are hundreds of thousands of people that you all are going to interact with this week that are hopeless and they need in this world to see some hope. And that's why God has placed you here today. If you would just bow your heads and let's close our eyes and let's enjoy this last few minutes as a body before we walk back out into life. And no one's fighting on the way home. You can't. Okay? Listen, like, if you start fighting on the way home, if you say the first crossword on the way home, come back to this parking lot, go through the second service, and do a redo. Amen? You are vessels of hope into this community. right now I want to give some hope you're sitting here today and you're in a situation and you know that it's looking dim you may be going through a valley of a shadow of death and it's dark and you brought it in here this morning and you know would you just stand up Scott I'm going through some hopeless situations I need some hope I need that would you just stand right now thank you you're standing would you just look up here just look thank you for guys for being honest no i just want you to know that i'm standing listen there's one person that we need to look to and that's jesus scott i'm not sure all i know about this how do i how do what's next for you is as you leave this place today you go to that what's next table and there are going to be people that love you 
enough to pray with you, to put an arm around you, and to help us understand what's next. Because I can promise you, what you're going through, what you're going through, it's dark, but it's never hopeless. Jesus Christ gave his life for us so that we can not only have eternal life, but so that we can make it through moments like this. He strengthens us. And I just want you to get ready. Those of you who are standing, this is not going to last forever. Because there's going to come a time in your life and in your life and your life in your life and in your life and whoever else is standing that you're going to be called on to go share hope with someone who now finds them in your shoes. He's not taking us through this for no other reason than to strengthen us for someone else. Hey, Jesus, I thank you right now for every one of these people who just stood with boldness. With boldness. Because, God, they're going through something dark, and it hurts and scary, and there's doubt. But, God, right now, in your presence and in the powerful name of Jesus, I declare life over their situations. I declare hope over their situations. God, I pray that they will see a new perspective on the life that you've given them. That, God, when they leave this place today, they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God, that you're with them. And no matter what comes next, God, they're going to be able to walk through it with courage because they believe that you are that good. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for this community. Jesus, thank you for being everything you said you were going to be. We love you. And it's in your perfect name we pray these things. And the church said, would you stand to your feet? I want us to celebrate in this place today what has taken place. We may not know, but there are people today that are filled with hope and they're going to go encounter someone today that needs some hope. And so guys, listen, we're getting ready to leave here and we're getting ready to face a wear a work week. You've got something that other people out there do not have. Go and give them hope. Amen, church. Let's give him praise. You guys have a great week.